Hello, this is Ruslan Malinovsky. Hello, this is Roman Yeremchuk. Hello, I'm Sergey Rebro. And you're listening to Ukraine Plus Football. He's heading east, he's heading east, he's heading football's heading east, he's heading east, he's heading east, he's heading football's heading east, he's heading east, he's heading east, he's heading football's heading east. Hello everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of the Ukraine Plus Football Podcast, the number one podcast on Ukrainian football in English language, brought to you by all of us here at the Ukraine Plus Football channel. I'm your host Adam from Ukrafot24 and as always I'm joined by my two excellent co-hosts. Ray, how you doing mate? Had a good week? Yeah, it was amazing Adam, thanks. Uh, Some good football, live and online both. Pretty excited to discuss the lower leagues as usual, but uh, let's dive into the upcoming week when we should expect some surprises. Definitely Both Champions so. League and Conference League, right? Oh, we hope so. We hope so. It's good to see you uh, been been sharing your thoughts with people at the stadium this week as well. Some great images of you coming out from Avalon at the weekend. Anyway, uh, elsewhere, of course, Mr. Zoria London, Andrew. How was your week, mate? I, did you enjoy the West Ham Man City game? Yeah, I'm fine, thanks, Adam. Well, the London Stadium's a nice place, especially when it's a packed-out crowd. Atmosphere was quite good, and the Hammers winning on penalties was quite a good sight to see. Sadly for Zinchenko, he's out, but Yeramolenko lives for another day, and he's got another potential start in the quarterfinals. So the the longer they go in these cup competitions, the better it is for him, as we know that he doesn't get the most time in the Premier League. So keep on going with uh, with these runs and all should be good. And yeah, just like Ray said, big week coming up. Probably the, the make or break week in Europe for Ukrainian sides. If they F it up this time, probably the end for all three of them. But life could go on as uh, as every week something happens, uh, just like the weather, fickle to change. Was the London Stadium atmosphere better than New Camp? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the quick one. Uh, uh, one friend of mine, he lives in London. He go uh, lots of matches of Hammers. And the atmosphere was uh, truly amazing. He sent me a voice message. He sent me a videos. Oh, my God. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, comparing the New Camp at the moment with the crisis they're having... Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute, but still, uh, London Stadium, good stuff. It really is, really is. Oh, we're coming back to Ukrainian football now as well, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, I mean, we're just going to put a sort of customer service message out there to any UPL club that thinks they're underperforming. Please invite us to watch and put out an abject performance to the level that Zoria uh, Lugansk did a few weeks ago when we went to watch them at the Olympiski. We saw an absolutely abject performance and slammed them. And ever since, they've been unbelievable. And we're going to be talking... Very soon, you just heard uh, our special guest today, Ilya Ivanov from Sieska uh, Sofia. Good evening, Ilya. Hope you're well. Yes, I'm well. Hope you too. Uh, 
hope you enjoyed this this evening a lot more than you're going to enjoy Thursday. <laughs> same to <laughs> you. Same to you. <laughs> very well said. Very well said. But of course, Zoria, ever since we watched them back two, three weeks ago, have been unbelievable. They're won every game. Uh, they went to Bulgaria, won one nil. Then in the league, I cannot remember who they played. I know Andrew will correct me on it, but they won one nil again. Colos. Then in, Colos, it was, wasn't it? Not the greatest game, but they did win. Then in the cup, they Hello. won. And then last week, it was Sunday evening, wasn't it? They travel over to Kharkiv and absolutely demolish Metalist 1925. 6-1. And this is in a week where... Pretty much every other game finished nil-nil. So they've absolutely shocked us this week. And they're going into this, as Andrew mentioned before, pivotal game in the group. It really is. Um, you know, they're there on three points. Come out of this with six, it gives them the opportunity. It gives them a glimmer of hope. If they don't, they're gone. And Ilya, it's great to have you here. What's the mood like because in Bulgaria ahead of this game? Because I imagine for you guys, it's a very, very similar. It is really is a, an important match in CSKA's season. So what's been the atmosphere like in Sofia ahead of the game on Thursday? The atmosphere is, is not so good now because we lose yesterday. And, you know, here is, is, uh, every, every loss is, is tragedy for... Uh, our fans for the club and and uh, we lose a, a confidence because the last month we don't have a very good results. And this is important here for everybody, for the for the coaches, for the for the players, for the fans, actually. And uh, we know very good this match is uh, some kind of final for us and for the for Zoria too. <laughs> And it's important to give more than 100% in this match and to win. We hope for a positive result in the, in the match against Zura. We know is not be uh, so easy for us, but uh, we come in Ukraine for the win. Can I just ask, whilst you mentioned there, it was uh, you know, a bad result at the weekend. There was some trouble reported amongst the fans. What is the relationship like at the moment with the supporters yeah. of the club and, and the players? Is it kind of a, a, a negative atmosphere at the moment? Yeah, yeah. This is an uh, uh, old war between uh, local Plodif and our club. I think the three or four years, I don't... I, I'm not sure. The, we had the same incident in Plovdiv after the game. A huge fight on the center on the pitch. And I don't know, maybe a hundred people arrested after match. And after, after that, the, the relationship in this area was bad and deep because Loco uh, beat us in the final on the National Cup. And uh, this Sunday uh, escalate, and this fight in the in the before start of the game was not good for the for the atmosphere in the army stadium. And uh, I think this will be continue in the next matches because our our 
parents, they remember these kind of things. And I think this will be continue for the next matches. So if we're going to just talk about the next match with Zoria, how many fans are expected to come over? What's the general feeling around that, Ilya? I think we will, we will be without fans in Ukraine because we know about lockdown in Ukraine. And uh, the fans saved three charters for uh, the match, but they canceled the trip because of uh, the lockdown in Ukraine. Yeah, I think in general, it's apparently, according to my source, Zoria, he's saying that it's going to be behind closed doors. So, I mean, if some Bulgarian fans are going to come over to stand outside the gates, fair enough. But I, <laughs> I don't only, think... <laughs> only, <laughs> only the hardcores. <laughs> only for the dinner and go back to Bulgaria. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, that seems to be the case uh, in that one. Behind closed doors, as far as we're aware, in Zaporizhia. I'm not sure why it's different in the regions, because I know in Kiev, for the Champions League match with Dinamo and Barca, which we'll be touching on in a bit, that is allowed with fans as long as you're vaccinated slash have a negative test. So it might just be the capacity of different regions being able to cope with that kind of thing. It's a huge loss for the fans because our fans go in every kind of, of the world with uh, the team. And uh, I think five or six hundred people come to, to Ukraine, but now we are alone. We are alone. Uh, sadly so. Well, for our Ukrainian listeners who don't know CSKA so well, who are the key key players for the team? It's it's not one of the teams that we know so much about, if you forgive us, but who, who are the players that we should be looking out for? Yeah, we have one uh, English player, Graham Carey, who played very good. He scored a lot of goals in this season. He came to our team before two years as winger. Now he play in midfield and, and he's he's good, very good player. The another is central defender from Holland. The captain of the team is Jurgen Mate, is the name. It's uh, it's a good player. It's a good player. And uh, he scored a goal against Pilsen in the end of the continuous and and he played very good for the start of the season. Very good. Look for uh, our forward, our striker, Caicedo. It's, uh, it's a good player. I'm, it's a good player. For our standards here, it's a good player. I'm just out of curiosity. I was just having a look through the squad there. Mm-hmm. And you've got players from all over the world. Yeah. Um, and it's it's a question that we, we've asked uh, coaches at Shakhtar and Dinamo in the past. What is the language that you use to communicate amongst the players at the club? What is sort of the main language that's used there? <laughs> yeah, it's a rainbow. <laughs> it's, uh, the, the language is English. Hmm. Uh, but uh, I think they need to learn more Bulgarian because it's difficult. It's very difficult. And we have uh, one uh, person, he speaks Brazilian. And uh, uh, it's easy to, to speak with another uh, boys from Brazil, from Portuguese. It's easy. But the, the language is English. Okay. That's cool. I mean, right. Guys, 
prediction times. Ray, how do you see the match going on uh, Thursday in Zaporizhia? You might as well win this one. Uh, I'm not sure if it's uh, the home ground that matters this time, that uh, it's going to be behind closed doors and that Zoria won it away. And now at home, they'll try twice as hard. And a year ago, I believe they beat uh, Leicester in the same circumstances mm-hmm. um, in the very end with a with a great uh, with some great saves from uh, keeper at that time. And now, well, they might as well win this uh, just for the players who are about to leave Zoria, Alahiar, and maybe a couple of others. It's their performance in Europe which matters, and they're going they're going to show their best. Yeah. Just fair comments. What about you, Andrew? Do you agree with Ray's words? Yeah, I mean, at the moment, their Iranian players are literally can't stop them. For whatever reason, they found some really good form. Alakhiar Saad Manesh, he's apparently going to be leaving Zoria at the end of his loan deal this winter. Uh, whether he'll be coming back or not is a different question. They could buy him for like the minimal fee that is being mooted like 2.5 million that we've discussed over the past few years and then try and sell him on to someone probably pretty quickly because he's definitely worth more than that in the grand scheme of things and potential because he's still very young, what, 2021. But I don't think that's going to happen. So they may as well make the most of him whilst they have him. And it looks like he is making the most of making the impression on Europe whilst he can. So big game against CSKA. As we mentioned, Zakadi's also found a bit of form too. So all the merrier and Alexander Hladki. He's moved up to, well, he's still seventh in the all-time UPL top scorers list after a brace in that 6-1 win. And he's still got a good 20-plus goals to catch up with Shatsky, but I'd much rather him get the record than a good old seller. So I'm going to go for a narrow... Uh, a narrow another victory 1-0 probably Zachary this time maybe final 10 minutes getting the winner and Ilya over to you what are your predictions for the game I speak about that we come for for three points because there's no way out this match is is a final for us and we need to win if we have a chance to to go to the next stage Uh, and the after the first game, it was very disappointing for the results. But now it's the last chance for our team to to take uh, three points and to continue to believe that we go to the next round. Yeah, fingers crossed. Just one final question from Asilia before we move on. What's been the view in Bulgaria about the Conference League in general? Has it been seen as a, a positive for Bulgarian football? I know in, in Ukraine here, we were quite optimistic about it at the start of the season before Volskor and Kolos disappeared pretty quickly. But in general, we you know, are Bulgarians sort of welcoming towards the new competition? Yeah, it's positive. It's very positive. Yeah, it's great. Great to hear. Well, moving on, of course, Zoria aren't the only team playing in Europe this week. Uh, we've got the big two playing in the Champions League. Um, Andrew, of course, was at the new camp for the Dinamo's trip to Barcelona a couple of weeks ago. How have uh, Dinamo and Barcelona been faring up since, Andrew? Well, 
Dinamo, just in the past week, have played Mariupol twice. And you'd usually expect them to get on with them relatively easily, as Mariupol are bottom of the league. One was a cup game. The other one was a league game. But for whatever reason, both of those matches seem to Dinamo made a meal out of them. Uh, they won both of them, but in the grand scheme of things, they were struggles. Uh, they went behind in the league match, despite playing one of their the stronger lineup during the cup. They played half reserve, so you can't really see much into that one. And then it was down to Serhii Serhachuk with two long-range blasters to get them over the line. And, you know, that sort of puts a bit of doubt into your mind, especially against the Barca, who are currently struggling. We know that they sacked Kuman in the past week. They ended up drawing with Alaves on the weekend, one all. And Alaves are, like, right near the bottom of the table in in Spain. So as we've as I think we've said this the past three times Dinamo have played Barcelona. There's no better time to play Barcelona. And what and what happens? And what happens? Uh Dinamo ends up losing 4-0 or something ridiculous like last time. In this exact fixture where Barcelona coming to uh Dinamo Cave under COVID conditions, Barcelona have got about 10 different injuries, PK, Aguero, okay, Aguero's not been a starter or anything like that for them, but still PK, the guy who scored the goals for, in, well, he scored the goal in the first game. He's not going to be around. Luchescu, in response to that in the press conference, asking, do you think that the injuries are going to have a benefit for you? He said, well, we've got uh, Popov and Besedin injured, so and they're even more important to us. So, you know, make that of what you will. <laughs> uh, Shaparenko mentioned that he is preparing for this match just as any other one. They need to win. They need to put their best in. You know, the usual banal uh, responses that aren't too open about anything or explaining too much. Hopefully, he can just put another good shift in and Dinamo will come away with a bit more respect than they did after that first performance, which was, on the grand scheme of things, yes, it was a 1-0 loss, but it was difficult and almost just uninspiring to watch. How do you think it's going to go, Andrew? I'm being a bit of a pessimist at the moment. I've got a feeling that Luchescu, he just seems to be a bit washed up on ideas. Like, found out. Not not just, you know, they still can get those wins in the league, which we know that he's an expert in. Mm. But in terms of even trying to get something against a rather poor depleted Barcelona ahead of the fact that Xavi's not even arrived yet so there's not that new manager bounce they've just got a quick shoot in caretaker yeah I still think that maybe maybe Dinamo might get a goal in this one uh, to raise distaste I think they'll still somehow end up not getting any points out of it maybe a 2-1 loss something like that Ray do you see them getting a goal have you been sold on it uh, right, almost. Uh, but if we recall this um, Mariupol saga of the last week, both cup and the championship, uh, it seems like Dinamo has, um, you know, turned their back on the coach, the coaching staff, because it seems like it doesn't seem to work for them on the pitch. I mean, two, three, uh, with the help of referee, apparently, 
but somehow he gave uh, the penalty away to uh, Mariupol in the first minute. So whatever it is, uh, Luchescu was, uh, you know, expressing a rant after the match, saying that his players behaved like amateurs. And two goals from Sidorshuk, out of all people, long-range efforts. I mean, something's wrong out there, seriously. Uh, it's certainly it's not going to be the um, five or six nil defeat, uh, but uh, they what's what's worth is that uh, it it will be something we got used to already. It's um, an in, indifference in Dynamo's play, a complete mediocrity, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what they are experts at uh, currently. So unfortunately, uh, this is even even worse torture than being humiliated five or six nil. That's something from Shakhtar's perspective. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll come on to those in a second. I mean, Ilya, do, do you get to see much of the Dinamo and Shakhtar in the Champions League this year? Yeah, I see. Um, for my place here, it's not good Dinamo to beat Barcelona because this gives uh, a confidence to, to Zurea. Because it will be a huge win, will be a huge win. But in this situation now, in Barcelona, everything is possible. And I think Dinamo have a great chance now to take something from, from Barcelona. Because everybody see what is the situation in Catalonia and it's not good. But everybody knows the, and the biggest clubs have this kind of, of moment. This is a man who hasn't been beaten down by years of Ukrainian mediocrity, isn't it? <laughs> Expressing some optimism there. You, you're welcome back up all the time, Ilya. We need it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, oh, yeah. I'm going to have to side with the boys. Uh, yeah. And I think I'm going to have to side with Ray as well. I'm going to say 2 or 3 nil to Barcelona. Um, it's going to be a case of how how long they can hold on. But as I think both of you said, it's it's more about do we actually see them? Are they capable to, of scoring? And that's that's going to be the bigger issue, I think. There in in that game, even if it, Barcelona don't put in a great performance. And <laughs> Ray, you've been given the short, short straw. Is there any hope for Shakhtar? At all? Uh, well, Benzema is in uh, need of a golden ball. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's the most successful season of his career, goal-wise, because as we know, this guy is unique in his um, striker's ability of being invisible or being the most important player in the crucial moments. So this season, he's ge- he's having a time of his life. So Shakhtar is in trouble with this one and. Uh, on the Derby's end, there's not much improvement, even through the prism of uh, league game. I mean, I wouldn't say that something has dramatically changed. And um, yeah, it's all it's all looking bad. And uh, it's all a matter of, uh, as we discussed previously, it's all a matter of uh, establishment and uh, keeping up a facade from Shakhtar's end. Probably the 
the two big differences going into this game than the one two weeks ago is they only beat Desna 4-1 instead of Zaria 6-1 and Pedrinho's now injured. So it's, it's they're coming at it from a much weaker position than they were two, two weeks ago. Um, Andrew, any predictions on the match? I mean, I'd just like to add that I think if we're going to compare Shakhtar and Dinamo in how they've been playing in Europe, although Shakhtar got battered, in the last game, you could slightly see what De Zerbi was going for, if you know what I mean. He wanted to play his attacking football and they were trying to create something compared to Dinamo, who after they went a goal down, they were basically happy to just stay at 1-0 and leave it at that rather than maybe go on to try and equalise or something. So... I've got a feeling that De Zerbi won't deviate too much. I would love to see Stepan Unkos start because he was, as usual, a big miss in that first game. Way too open and all that kind of thing. Whether that's actually going to ultimately help reduce a loss or something like that, I'm I'm doubtful. I can see something like uh, it'll be a bit more narrower this game. Maybe another 2-1. Uh, Real Madrid edging it. Hopefully, Dentinho can get his customary go against Real Madrid, <laughs> see himself off. Um, as I know that he'll probably be going this winter, as the rumours are. And I will be in Madrid for this game, so hopefully, I won't Yay. be seeing another nil nil because I've had enough of them recently. I've just been seeing too many of them. Uh, hopefully, I'll see a goal uh, by Ukrainian side at some point. Please, please, please. We can only hope. We can only hope. Uh, and yeah, we look forward to your reports from the Bernabeu on, on match day, which is on. Is it Wednesday? Will you be at the under-19s? I will be trying to make that one if I can. I'll probably be at the development stadium where Ukraine played last time out during COVID. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, another big stadium ticked off on the list of all the iconic stadiums in the world. (laughs) So everyone tune in onto the socials for those. Ah, Thank you, thank you, thank you. Moving on, we're going to change change tack slightly tonight um earlier this week uh, world football had a moment to celebrate with the first first professional footballer announcing that he was homosexual to the international community and quite rightly it was applauded throughout the world on social media until a couple of ukrainian players decided to share their opinions on the matter i mean andrew can you just give a little bit of background to the Ukrainian context with this story. Yeah, so obviously after Cavallo released the news, I think it maybe took a day or it might have been the same day, Bogdan Butko, the current player who seems to be about a club, it looks like he's a free agent, but he's still doing a few things with Shakhtar for their academies and that kind of thing. So no actual confirmation or anything official about what he's currently doing at the moment but he's only 30 so like to be retiring I know he's had injuries and all that kind of thing nobody knows the most recent club that he was at was on loan in Turkey last season and yeah he came out on his social media he likes like commenting on a few posts by like the Ukrainian channels that are out there about the news saying that it's kind of disgraceful embarrassing for the for Cavallo's teammates to be shaking hands with him 
knowing that he's gay and it's just bad on those players' childrens and families that they're sort of promoting this and all that kind of stuff, which led to a lot of backlash out in most Ukrainian commentaries. But I don't think there's been anything official from any particular clubs or anything else other than just, you know, the general media in that respect. And then just today, the day we're recording this on Monday, uh, a new interview with Arta Besedin, who's currently injured, got injured at the Euros. He came out saying he was asked a question. It's like the show that it was on is one of these off-piste YouTube videos. So it's not like official journalists or anything like that. They just ask, you know, off-piste questions to players and they usually get some sort of uh, viral answers in inverted commas. And that was the case here. They were like, are you for gay parades? And Artem Besedin replied, basically, it's not normal. In principle, there should be no people with unconventional outlooks. There's boys, there's girls, that's it. Uh, I was recovering in Spain recently due to his injury. They take the piss there. We in Ukraine, we're rather divine in this regard. But over there, there's a bunch of them in relation to um, gay people. And then he carried on saying their clubs, flags walking around holding hands, I really can't look at it. First, I have a son, I don't want him to grow up and look at F-A-G-S. If small boys go and hold each other's hands, aren't they taking the piss? So yeah, that sort of just landed this evening. Few reports on that in the media too, but as an actual contracted Dynamo Kiev player, whether the club will come out with anything, either, you know, just some sort of reaction to it, I doubt it, just knowing how Dynamo react to anything in the media, let alone something that could be negative. And this is coming from a player who I think a fair few years ago was linked with the Premier League, the English Premier League. Off, I can't remember exactly which club, but, you know, there have been interest in him. I mean, he's completely fallen off in terms of he's not a great player. And I think that's the sort of example that many people are drawing to the conclusion that it's coming out of players who are like not been playing well, who are in generally not of the highest level and evidently not of the highest intellect to be sharing such ideas on a big platform. So we'll see how this goes, but I don't think that either player is going to have anything too negative for them, either in Ukraine or if they want to go somewhere else, they'll end up going somewhere where this these kinds of comments are not like problematic to say the least, maybe the Middle East or somewhere like that, if you get my drift. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just sad that it's happened. I mean, we should add, obviously, that Bubko is still employed by Shakhtar in some kind of uh, concept with regards to their uh, schools, academies, training centres, if I'm correct. So, yeah, neither of the clubs have come out. It, it begs the question why uh, the media departments aren't prepped in these sorts of things and are actually talking to the players. Look, whatever your personal views are, you don't go and express this in a in a public forum. It's it's not socially acceptable to express these opinions in a place where they can go viral. And you need to think about it before you speak. And we can only wait and see what the backlash is. And hopefully, I mean, we can only hope that 
as Andrew mentioned, Dinama may not be acting, Shakhtar have not reacted yet. That the media is equally as critical of the clubs for not condoning it as they are of the players for expressing the opinions because they are still their employers and they are representatives of the clubs themselves. So it's it's something that we'll be following with interest from from afar. Ray, anything to add on the matter? Nothing new on that front, you know. It's just sad because it went so so loud, out loud, and so vocal, and uh, in the uh, in the media. So this is just not accurate. But I mean, even the coaches are guilty of that. Remember Crustacean, the guy who used to coach Colos, his friend. I mean, I don't think it was probably uh, properly translated in English. But if it was, I mean, some words just stick in your mind, and when you see a person on the screen once again he's not coaching anymore okay but if even if someone mentions him it's like a plague you know these words they follow the man anywhere and i'm i don't think i'm the only one but i think there is a minority of people who don't don't like these expressions i mean the way to speak about certain kind of people i mean uh it's really embarrassing and um even when the coaches talk like that, what should you expect from the players? And it's just the question of where where should we start? As mentioned, uh, last season it was even presidents of former UPL clubs making similar comments as well through Olympic Donetsk's uh, rant on, on national television. It is an issue. Hopefully it will get addressed, but sadly... You know, we sit here tonight not expecting much to happen about it. But we do have one final topic to discuss uh, this evening. Obviously, we mentioned earlier, Ray, you were at uh, Oblon Arena earlier this week. Last week, I attended some games as well. Uh, whilst COVID is, um, you know, is it the third, fourth or fifth wave is, you know, racing across Ukraine at the moment. And we're recording this with the first uh, day of strict red zone in Kyiv City. What's it actually like? What was it like um, attending the game this weekend, Ray? What sort of controls were in place there? They asked for a certificate at the gate. So if you have a certificate, it doesn't matter how much how many times you were vaccinated. Uh, Same as with transport, they let you in with a certificate in the transport just because you have it, okay? So it's fine for now. If you were vaccinated uh, at least once, you're good. So you have to show your certificates and then you have to show your ticket. And basically that's it. They They don't check you on the stadium or whatnot. So it's only about the front gates. And apparently there were much less people as uh, Oblon Arena has experienced this season so far. So it shows that the people (laughs) are not vaccinated at all. Uh, And uh, it was pretty clear that this is how it's going to uh, progress. I was worried that the matches are going to be behind closed doors, but uh, it's only for um, uh, for the ones who um is not vaccinated so uh, if you are then you're you're all good and i mean that's a silver lining at least 
let's just hope the players have all the vaccines in place because last year we had all the negative tests, but somehow we start losing games. And then the coach who was sacked says, well, you know what? We had pandemics. <laughs> yeah, I, I was what on Tuesday, last Tuesday, I went to the, the ladies international at Kovalivka. This was before the, the strict uh, sort of information was passed out. So I was still able to go. And uh, we were told to socially distance when we went inside. We could wear our masks, socially distance. But then everybody sat together inside the ground, which I found quite sort of surreal. You have to remember there was about 200 people in a stadium that holds 5,000. Then we were all sat in one section when, (laughs) and they only opened one entrance as well, which I thought was quite sort of surreal, even though there's three other entrances that could have been open to the ground. It was, it was a little bit disappointing once we were inside the ground, there was nobody really checking, but we did have to have a mask on to get inside. And uh, But it's good to hear from you, Ray, that it's getting a little bit more serious um, this weekend with the games. And I think we noticed Shakhtar only had 5,000 in. Great. I think it was up to three, three and a half or something. Mm. But then yeah, Sunday, I saw a video uh, of like a massive long queue at a vaccination centre that they've opened in the Olympiski. So it seems like now that people actually can't do their lives, people are suddenly getting vaccinated. So, you know, I don't think it's ever going to get to 100% just because of the way Ukrainians are, but it will probably rise in the next few weeks, that percentage from 17% to maybe 18%. Well, no, it's, I think it's very hard. Even where we live, they're queuing outside the vaccination centres down the streets now, waiting to get that theirs. And I know a lot of people say this sort of hardline approach isn't appropriate, but it's certainly proving effective at the moment with queues across the country. So, yeah, we'll be interesting to see uh, how many are at the Olympiski for Barca Dynamo. That'll be, yeah. that'll be an interesting one. Especially Certainly. with, well, before Red Zone, it was what we had 20k plus for all the UCL games. So let's see what happens. Can we just ask, Andrew, what sort of restrictions will you have to go through for Madrid or is it open all hours there? I think it should be okay. I mean, Barcelona was no problem. I think they might have checked a vaccination passport or something, but pretty liberal over there at the moment for. Uh, one reason or another i think it's like if you have one of some of the covid symptoms don't turn up that kind of thing but uh yeah should be all right and i'm only there for two days so fingers crossed well we look forward to your uh, insight during the week and Ilya, we wish you a little bit of luck for the match on thursday <laughs> just not a lot <laughs> uh, <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Ilya. It's been great to get your insight into CSKA in particular. And yeah, we hope you've enjoyed it as much as we've enjoyed having you with us. Um, For people who are following the show, if they would like to follow a bit more about your work with CSKA and the club in general, where's the best place they can follow you on social medias? Everywhere. On Facebook, LinkedIn on Twitter is not a problem. On YouTube, I'm everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Thank you so much.
Thank you for this conversation. It was a pleasure for me. Uh, great to hear. Great to hear. Ray, great as always to have you here, mate. It's been a pleasure as always. Probably last week this year, which, is, which might be somehow entertaining, right? For Ukrainian football, at least in Europe. Yeah, and my social media is Instagrammable and casual. Thanks for that. Yeah, hopefully uh, the interest in Europe lasts beyond Thursday evening. Um, Andrew, great as always to have you here, mate. Uh, have a safe trip to Spain. Hope you enjoy it and look forward to catching up on all the stories when you get back. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, everyone. Yeah, been another great episode. More of a social topics in this one compared to our usual stuff. But, you know, important nonetheless. And yeah, follow me on social media, Zoro Londonsk, on Instagram and Twitter for the updates from Madrid whilst I'm there. Be trying to put out some interesting insight and hopefully maybe a vlog from coming out of there as well. Big week coming up. Fingers crossed at least one Ukrainian team can pull something out of the bag, eh? Uh, and we haven't jinxed it. Please. <laughs> <laughs> And of course, hopefully next week we'll have some more goals to talk about after the three nil nils and the one nil and like ridiculously poor amount of goals. If it wasn't for Zoria and Dnipro, we would have had none this weekend. But till next week, uh, look forward to catching up with you all then. Take care, stay safe. Goodbye for now. Head and